Welcome to Rising Warriors, Rachel Coulee. I am an enrolled member of Northwest Band Shoshone on my mother's side. And I come from a long lines of chiefs. Uh, I've come from Chief Washkey and Chief Pocatello as a couple. On my father's side, I'm Nez Pierce Osage Blackfoot. And I come from uh, Nez Pierce, um, Chief Joseph on that side. Today, I have my sister here with me, Stephanie Big Eagle. I'm excited to have her here with me. Um, she is my tattoo artist, uh, my traditional ceremonial tattoo artist. And so I'm going to have her speak a little bit. I'm excited to, but what we do is in our way, we introduce ourselves in um, if our language, if we have that, if we have the knowledge to be able to do that. And then we also uh, introduce our family and where we come from. So I'm gonna have Stephanie introduce where you come from and who your family is. I'm Petty Washte, Mitaku Yepi. I am Stephanie Big Eagle, and I'm um, my I'm come from the Hangtewan Dakota Oyate, and also um, the Lakota on the Lakota side. I come from the Lower Brule. So my father is an enrolled member out at um, the Yankton Sioux Nation, and then um, we descend from we have lines from the Rosebud Sioux Tribe, and also um, the Lower Brule tribe. So I, I come from also a um, line of, you know, medicine warriors, war chiefs. And so I'm I'm proud to honor them and, and hopefully represent them to the best of my ability. Um, I'm also, yes, a traditional hand poke tattoo artist and author and um, working on launching a new organization called Wanoyate, which, um, it seeks to break down the barriers of separation by bringing, by showing the beauty of our culture as native people and um, helping to be a voice and a role of leadership that helps to lead people of any nation into deeper connection with mm -hmm. the earth and one another and all of our relations on this earth and even in space in the start. So thank you for having me. I'm excited. So I've been thinking a lot about you. And so when we did uh, my tattoo last, we had lots and lots of uh, deep conversations. And it just, it, it also sparked me on part of this journey that, you know, I, I just loved hearing that um, the special moment that we were brought together because Traditionally, too, if you think about it, you know, the chiefs and my so like my tattoos, if you were to see my tattoos in the way that um, they were done, traditionally, back then, you would be able to see my lineage, you would see and understand my family, you would understand my role, you would un my my tattoos, you know, they explain who we are. And so I thought it was an honor that how, you know, we both come from chiefs, we both come from these royalties, we both come from these warriors and 
these medicine people. And yet, you know, I was brought to you and you were brought to me and that you were, you know, you don't even live where I live and you're, you just happened to be traveling right through Portland. And I was like, Oh, I have to, it was one day I was, I, I was looking on Facebook and I saw your, your tour that you were doing. And I hear loud and day loud as clear. She's the one that has to do your tattoo. This has to be done in, in the spiritual way. This has to be done in the ceremonial way. She knows how to do this. And so that's when I, I just like clinged on to you even more. Cause we, we, our paths kind of passed when we were at standing rock. And so that's, you know, that's where I really started, um, following you and became friends with you on Facebook and on that platform and things like that. And so I just thought it was beautiful to me that how our paths came together and it was our ancestors that brought us together. And it wasn't, it wasn't that I'm like, Oh, I'm going to have Stephanie do it. You know, she's this traditional tattoo hand, you know, folk um, artist. And uh, so I, it was that no, my ancestors, they're like, no, this is who you're supposed to do this with. This is who you're supposed to connect with. And so that's one of the things I wanted to talk about real quick um, before we talk about your book is the traditional hand poke tattoo. And how did you get into get into that? How did you or let me say, um, how were you called into that? Because that's a calling. Yes, it certainly is. And so um, I never thought of myself as being a tattoo artist, you know, growing up or even when I, you know, I used to sit and draw and do sketches um, when I was in high school, I had this sketchbook of all these different drawings and things I would do. And I, I loved it. It was a form of um, expression for me and helping me connect to myself. Um, but even, you know, when I was doing all those drawings and things, I never thought that, hey, I'm going to I want to be a tattoo artist. That, that's that's not something that I ever imagined or envisioned myself being. Um, but I did always have, as I started to search out my roots more, um, because when I was, the way I was raised was very disconnected from our native culture, you know, so I had no idea about a traditional tattoos growing up. And so um, as I started to connect more, I started to realize that we have these beautiful markings um, that are unique to each tribe. So we have different ways of expressing um, ourselves, identifying ourselves through our markings, uh, connecting with our um, deeper purpose, connecting with the earth through these markings. So I started as the more I started that started information started to come to me, the more I said, wow, I want to be involved with that. Mm -hmm. And the way I wanted to be involved was by receiving the markings. Mm -hmm. And so um, on my mother's side, I do have... Um, some um, Haudenosaunee bloodlines. So that's the Iroquois and from Mohawk Nation in particular. So I knew that they had a pretty extensive tattoo culture, especially with the men. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's where it first started for me. And then I, through digging and digging and researching, and um, I found little pieces of evidence that my tribe, the Dakota, especially had traditional tattoos mm. and so there um there was also oh i wish i could find the the book really quick so i could show but there is also um evidence that we um had 
markings on the chin. So it would have been one lines um, and and also um, honor markings that would be dots that would run from here uh, along this line, or they would go along the forehead. And, um, you know, they would show the woman's dedication to um, her, her people, her responsibility, being a mother, you know, those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can't all be explained in the English language. I mean, unfortunately, she was, mm-hmm. you and I know there's, there's certain things that go, don't get translated, understandings that come, um, different perspectives that come with us knowing our indigenous roots through the language, through mm-hmm. how we express ourselves through that, through that voice. But, but I did find that, um, evidence and as soon as i found it i said this is this i i need to do that i need to receive my markings and in my own way because i do i i have deep respect for the the markings and the simplicity that they were before but i also wanted to do it in my own way in a modern um way so mm-hmm. so i went over to um to new zealand and i have some some beautiful people that I was connected with out there. And one was a Mori tattoo artist or Tamoko mm. artist, as they say. And um, he had worked with several um, elders from, I believe it was the Inuit nation and another um, California native nation. I'm not sure which tribe, maybe Pomo, but he had worked with a couple of other women from those tribes and had and helped them to receive their markings. And so the reason that I wanted to go to him was because those Tamoko artists have such, they, they do things in the old way. You know, they mm. still, they had, there was no disconnect. Maybe there was a little bit of a disconnect, but it's nothing compared to the disconnect that our tribes have had with our tattoo culture. Uh-huh. So there was still this powerful, understanding and protocol that they that that the artist that I went through is Turumakina Duli. Mm-hmm. So he had this um powerful connection with the ancient tradition of receiving these markings, especially on the face, because the face is considered the most wakan or a tapu, which is sacred. Mm-hmm place on the body to receive your markings. And so I went over there and I received them in this beautifully traditional manner. Um, and we, the way we did it was we, 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 our ancestors were supposed to get together as we meet and we talk before we, I received my markings. We, we share, I shared with him my dreams, my visions, you know, and, um, and when we're doing that, as is their teaching, our ancestors are meeting in the spiritual realm. And mm-hmm. they are coming together and agreeing on a design. And then it's brought down to where we are. Mm-hmm. And so that's how these markings were chosen, the spiral on my head, because I had a dream the night before one of my grandmothers came and, and showed me that. She said, this is for you. And so mm-hmm. I told him, that. and then the other markings are, um, also were channeled in that way. And so um, me taking that path of, of taking these markings on, you know, despite all the risk and despite, you know, being what did happen over many years is being ostracized, you know, by members of my family or members of society who just look at it like it's something to look down upon, you know, having, having our markings on our face. 
because they don't understand. Um, and, you know, they're disconnected from their own, their own history and their own truth. But so despite all of that, I took them on. And after a couple months passed, and I had time to walk with them and to get to know them and to become one with them, I was approached by, I put out a post on the social media explaining why I received the markings, what it meant to me and, and how I wanted it to be left behind for my children to open up the path in my own lineage, reopen it so that my children could say, you know what, that's something that belongs to me too and that I can and I, and I wanted to, that was one of my main intentions is to open the door back up in our own lineage and, and for, for, for that to be um, resurrected in our line. And so after I put out that post saying why I chose to take these markings on, I was approached by a tattoo artist in LA. So he was trained with the traditional handbook method, but he trained with, um, oh, I wish I could remember her name, but she's that Filipino artist. She's mm -hmm. almost a hundred years old or somewhere around that uh -huh. age. And she's the original um, hand tap artist of the headhunters over there. Mm -hmm. So she's, and, and anybody who knows um, is involved in the tattoo culture or knows it has seen her picture, you know, she's, mm -hmm. so he was trained indirectly from her and blessed by her. And so he approached me and said that he wanted to teach me what he knew. So he wanted to pass on the knowledge because he, he was aware of our tribes having uh, a tattoo culture and he wanted to help. He wanted to give me the blessing of that knowledge so that I could help my people revitalize what had been so long ago or taken, let's say it's mm -hmm. taken mm -hmm. so long ago. So that's how I accepted. And that was right around the time um, just before Standing Rock began. So I, I accepted that and I, I received that training from him or he showed me the ropes, you know, he showed me the ropes. And so um, here we are today leading from there. <laughs> I think that I think that's just beautiful. It just it touched me because the story of the part of where you're saying that you your ancestors had to meet with his ancestors and they had to come together before, you know, you came together with them. That's you know that if you think about it, that's what happened with us. And so that's that kind of just like touched me because um, it's 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 true. And without even knowing that tradition that's what happened. And so I'm getting emotional, but it's, I guess, you know, what I want to say is that follow your intuition and it's important that we follow our intuition. And we're in a time where, you know, so much was lost and, or it was kept underground and traditions were underground and hidden for so long that they're just, they're still, not even really being talked about and they're still being hidden. Some things are still coming, but then a lot of things were lost and taken. And I was told years ago in ceremony that it's up to us. The, the wind catchers is what they would say. Um, we're the ones that can hear the spirits, the ones that can hear the ancestors, the ones that can hear the, the ancient old ways um, coming forth. And, and if, if we're in tune enough, then we can 
be guided and we can hear our ancestors, we can hear those old ways and those old teachings come back. And it's still our ancestors teaching us. It's still our grandfathers. It's still our grandmothers teaching us. And they guide us. And if we're in tune enough, like it happened with you, they guided you to this person, this, you know, these people to help you on your journey, because this, they knew that this was, you know, these people that was connected to you, helped you reconnect to your roots and your ancestors. And we, we, we may not know the reason why we go through things at the, at times, but if we just listen and we follow and we submit, even though we don't know, we're like, okay, like, I don't know why we're supposed to do this, but I, this is what you said, creators. So, okay, I'm going to do this. But then when we listen and we submit to that, there's all of these beautiful things that, that happen. And so thank you for sharing that part because I, that just, you know, it, it touched me and it just, it reiterates, it reiterates, you know, our paths and staying in tune. And, you know, it wasn't just a reason why my ancestors came to me and said, this is who you have to go to. This is the dream. This was the, I had the dream of the tattoo and this is what you're supposed to go through and do. And so I, you know, I just honor you for, for following that and, and taking that part. And this leads you into your book of part of your story, because you talk about this. I, I got to skim through your book, but I haven't read it all. I'm excited to read it all, but I know you talk about this and part of your story. So what, what inspired you and where did, what started you on the journey to want to write your book, your memoir? Well, that's, <laughs> I, I've been thinking about writing a book for so many years and I, you know, what? I don't, I don't know where the true source of that comes from. It's so, it's one of those things like what you were saying is listening to that guidance from our ancestors. And um, I always would hear that, you know, you should write a book. You should write a book. You have an incredible story to tell. You should write a book. The problem is with me writing my book, that is me having to go back into so much trauma, you know, so much betrayal, so much hardships that I've had to go through from the time I was a little baby, you know. So my method of survival through all that, through all these, for so many years was to forget you know, to not look at it, to stay busy, to keep working. Um, and so, but when I arrived in Sedona and something told me I had to arrive and go to Sedona, Arizona, um, is there something about that the, there's highly concentrated energy there in the earth? And I, and I, I would see it myself when I go, would go out for the walks, you would see trees that would spiral in their mm -hmm. growth. It was, um, it was just amazing. Some of the things that you would see out there is that, you know, yes, there is some sort of very powerful um, landline energy going on here in this, this little part of the earth. And there was, it was very powerful, but it was also very um, potent energy. You know, um, everything was amplified. Your energy was amplified, amplified because also underneath the earth and inside every rock was, it was all crystallized. Mm. So it's, 
it's like a crystal earth grid with all this powerful energy crossing through and it's just like wow it's very powerful and so in in that year i had just come to this this point where i said you know what i need to work through this i'm tired of being of separation that's happening in my own life with my family with my children in particular and i have to deal with it or it's going to kill me mm. you know and so um me going to sedona uh, although i didn't realize it at the time was me going to find this this powerful corner of the world where i would be able to just go inside of myself and produce that book and to go into those dark places of my life again to look at them again from an, a different point in, of time mm -hmm. and to go back into those places and to heal and to remember and to work through through each chapter because i began at the beginning of my life and and so i just had to work through and work through and work through and work through and so I, th I think the motivation for me writing that book was, well, there was a tipping point, which was one of my friends um, in over there, uh, one of my Maori brothers yeah. had committed suicide. Mm. And so there's this issue amongst our people, the indigenous people of this world, no matter what tribe, no matter what part of the world, we've all gone through the same sort of oppression and genocide and shame that comes with that and disconnection that comes with that. And so he committed suicide and it just rocked me so hard. I just, because he was um, another, you know, he's another spiritual brother that was, you know, doing his best every day to help his people. And when someone like that gets to that point where they go through, they, they do that, it's shocking, you know, to me, it's just like, why, what, why couldn't he, why, what, what made him get to that point? And was there a way that I could help, you know, those who are still here, who are struggling with the same sort of issues? And I thought, well, how many times did I almost get there myself? And what got me through those times? And how did I survive through everything I've been through? How did I get through? And so I, that was, the the um the tipping point for me where i said okay i have to work through i have to sit down and i have to share my story because hopefully there are parts of my story that can help who's ever reading it through whatever they're going through and i could feel and, and our prophecies tell us that we're about to go through these crazy tumultuous times i've had dreams that came to me and said you know there will be these times coming and you have to prepare for it. And so I wanted to help as many of our brothers and sisters as possible to prepare for that time. And if me sharing my story and going back through that could help somebody else, you know, then I, that was it. That was the main motivation for it. Mm, that's beautiful. So I just, we need more people like this out here. <laughs> And I, or no, it's, I know you guys are out there. It's, it's time to step up and rise up and share your stories too, because we're, we, we live in this society. I feel like we're, we're so suppressed and we feel like we're the only one that goes through something or my story's worse than yours. And it's more like, can we find 
the similarities or listen to each other or hear hear one another and maybe take a moment and put yourself in someone else's shoes and you know think about what they are going through and you know maybe if we think about that too and thinking of you know how would this person feel we don't know what the other persons or people are going through and placing all these hard judgments and things and it's like I I try to sit back and I go well I don't know the full story and what if I was in that person's shoes what would I have gone through what would I have done you know what are the things that I would have done I can't I can't judge that person because you know we only see from the outside so I love that there's these you know there's my sister just wrote her book too um healing the survivors and talking about her rape trauma and the things that she went through to um get out of her healing or to get into her healing and to go through the healing and to find her voice again and her strength again because she was also suicidal at one point too and you know I was I'm working on my book right now uh mm -hmm. to share that too because you know we all have our own stories but it's not one's better than the other it's some stories you know your story may reach out to certain people that can really connect with your story those people may not connect with my story as much as they're going to connect with your story and you know vice versa with others and so it's not that one person's story is more important than the other we're we're all you know all of our stories are important and that's what I I love about what I'm doing here is, you know, it's sharing everybody's story and it doesn't matter how big or small to me. I think everybody's story is important to be heard. So I wanted you to just kind of briefly talk about your book and, and little things that you feel that are inspired to you that you would like to share um, about your book or if there's any um one particular story or part that comes out in your book if you want to read that um well, I I always, there might be something <laughs> <laughs> so my book um is is it's a memoir of reconnection resilience and empowerment so it's just my story about how i came to better know myself and the things that i've been through which is it's um, unfortunately, it's common to a lot of indigenous people that we go through these sorts of things. So um, it's 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 a story from an inside perspective of what it's like to really be, um, you know, indigenous. And and I mean, I'm particularly Lakota and Dakota, but I think that there's so many similarities across so many nations of the of the people who. Um, you know, but there's so many similarities from where we've all come from. And so I like to say indigenous that I represent, you know, and I'm an indigenous voice to this earth because that's the path that I choose of being being connected to this earth and listening to my ancestors and and doing the best that I can to follow um, to participate in our in our ceremonies and in this way of life that puts the earth first, puts our family first, puts the truth and integrity um, first. And I mean, I'm, I haven't um, been a perfect person in my life. I've done a lot of things, you know, sometimes that, that I wish I could, you know, change, but, but 
overall, when we do our best to be the best person that we can for our people and for our family, that's um, that's what it means to be um, and to walk in our way of being an, an indigenous person and a and and for me a Lakota and Dakota woman, Wian. So, so my book is just sharing this 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 these stories that I have over accumulated over a lifetime of um, some of them are full of you know trauma and um, but each and every one is given to be an example of survival like despite and there are so many of us of of us who have these similar stories that that we've been put through the ringer you know but somehow <laughs> we just keep standing up and and where does that come from and for me it comes from our ancestors it comes from all the prayers that those who came before us made for us all of the um work that they did so that we would survive all the sacrifices that they made so that we could keep going, that we would have that reserve of strength and resilience that otherwise, how would we survive some of the things we've been through? And so I think that my story is kind of a survival guide. And I think that I, I was pushed in 2019 to write that book and to get through the end of it, even though it was one of the hardest things I've done in my life. Um, and I, I think that the pushing came because this year, 2020, um, is the time of our prophecies. It's the beginning of that time where the earth, the climate change, you can't ignore it, what it's 75 degrees out right now um, in Indianapolis that when I was growing up here before, after Halloween, there would, there's no warmth for months, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and, but here we are at 75 degrees and it has been for a week. And, you know, the storms that are coming, um, these record setting storms and um, the destruction that's coming and then the social chaos and, you know, the government, I think people are starting to wake up to things are things are um, pretty dire right now. Things are intense and these are part of the prophecies. And I think that people like us have been put through the ringer our whole life so that we could help others who are just now for the first time starting to have to go through it. And so my book shares that it's not just trauma that you're reading about it's like how how did I, how did my ancestors come to me and guide me out of that what are these beautiful ways that the earth came to me that the sun and the moon and the stars were there for me to help me when nothing else was or even could be so how did how did these moments like that and these reconnections that came through these powerful visions and dreams that I had how how did that guide me out of that and and how can anybody else connect to their own divinity let's say or power or resilience or strength because we all need it now and we need to find a way to to lessen the the oppression that's come upon all of us and so the only way that we can do that is to go within you know you can't you can't fix this world until you go within and start living a different way and so so that's that's in a nutshell that's my book 
And what I like to do with any book, because um, I believe in the guidance of spirit and, and and how it works, is that I always, you know, say a little prayer um, and set an intention that whatever whatever page I open to or turn to is what was meant to be read for that moment in in space and time. So I'm going to do the same thing with my book right now, mm-hmm. and um, I hope that who's ever watching that it resonates with you and that it assists in the moment to give you a better idea of my book and, and what, what we're all facing times. So I'm going to do that now. Okay. So this looks like the last chapter of my book. So, okay. <laughs> Let's see. I went home to South Dakota to Sundance, one of the seven sacred ceremonial rites ushered in by the white buffalo woman. For the first time, I fasted from food and water and danced for three days, falling just short of the four most of the other dancers committed to. I was still very proud of myself. It was one of the hardest sacrifices I've ever made, physically and spiritually. And when I was in that sacred circle, I danced as hard as I could. For the first time, I got to see firsthand what great warriors my people really are. When we are in that circle and dance around the sacred cottonwood tree, which stands at its center, we represent the entire universe. Our prayers then resound throughout all of all of existence, and we dance to honor the sacred hoop of all life and our place within it. I dedicated my prayer to restoring the harmony in my direct family by destroying our intergenerational trauma and to eradicate the dysfunction and genocide that has plagued not only my family, but all indigenous peoples worldwide. Ten years earlier, my grandmother and I drove out to watch the same Sundance together. The Christian belief she was forced to adopt during her boarding school days overcame her traditional instincts, convincing her that it was a heinous gathering and that she was sinning by attending. Ten years later, I prayed directly for her while I Sundanced. When I returned to her home after ceremony, she broke down and wept tears of gratitude. She said that the land we were dancing on, the White Swan area on the Ehanktolan Dakota Reservation was the land she grew up on for half of her childhood. She'd still be there, but her family received mandatory evacuation orders from the government, giving them one day to get whatever they owned and abandon the area. The Army Corps of Engineers then flooded out the land and created the Fort Randall Dam. She thanked me for dancing, gave me a hug, and then nearly cried because my grandma, up until that point, oh, I missed, she gave me a hug and then told me that she loved the tattoos on my face. Hmm. When she said that, I nearly cried because my grandma, up until that point, always rudely questioned my tattoos. And now, after I danced, she was blessing them. I felt the power of prayer that day, the power of ceremony, and realized that it is truly our prayers, 
our songs, our dances, and our traditions that will heal the traumas we have endured. Ooh, you make me cry over here. <laughs> you made me miss Sundance. <laughs> uh, should go. I should go back this year. Huh? Oh, we didn't get to go this year because of um, COVID. So there was yeah. no Sundance this year. And then they had a prayer circle of all the Sundancers. But because we're out of state, they they told anybody out of state that's not living on the reservation that um, we it was advised that we didn't come in. So, you know, all that. So it was really difficult this year, um, not having Sundance, um, not having, you know, those ceremonies, but trying to reconnect and having those own ceremonies in, you know, the backyard, in our home, uh, in our quiet place, going to the mountains and things. And I think um, that part of the reading was more for me. <laughs> I think that was more for me to hear because I it just it really touched me. Um, I love how how you use your you speak with your words and the storytelling that is in your story. I'm excited to read the whole book. Um, thank you, Us. You know, I know your your family, your ancestors are proud of you. I know that you you make them proud. And I'm proud of you, sister, for everything that you've gone through. And, you know, I've been watching you and I pray for you. And I hear you and know that you're not alone out here. And, you know, we're, there's a group of us, you know, we're all coming together. And I'm excited, you know, to see all these warriors rise and come to this time and, you know, bring back our tradition, bring back our voice, um, bring back the old ways of life because these these ways that are here, um, they don't work on this land. They don't work with the, the ancestors of this land. And it's time it's time to live in that peace and that harmony and that that true, that unconditional love and a true community, you know, that's our people is a true community. It, it doesn't just take one person to raise a child. It takes a community. It takes a village to raise a child. And it's going back into that mindset, you know, that we take care of each other. And like I was telling someone the other day, they were getting mad that, you know, the government and people aren't taking care of the homeless and I looked at him and I said, well, do you realize that it's actually our job as a community to take care of these homeless people? Do you know it's actually our job and it's our fault as a community and as the people in this land that's not taking care of these homeless people, that we're allowing them to be here, that we aren't helping them, that we aren't sheltering them? It's our job. It's not, you know, yeah, sure, you can say it's the government's job. But at the same time, if we want to go back to our tradition ways, if you want to go back to the old ways of living, it's our fault. Mm. It's our fault as as communities that these homeless people are there on the street, that these drug addicts are, you know, there, the prison system. Why aren't we, you know, helping people uh, get out of the system that keeps throwing them back? Why aren't we? 
doing the correct healing that helps them heal. So that generational trauma, those, those things that we carry that we may not even know that we carry that puts us in those places that if we broke free from, then, you know, there would be that shift, there would be that change, there would be the, you know, a change in the, the cycle of rape, even, you know, cutting those cords, releasing those and doing the healings. And like you said, doing this self-reflection, going self, going inwards and reflecting on yourself. We can't, if we want to make a huge change in this world, it starts with ourselves. And it starts with looking at yourself, looking at yourself in the mirror, doing your healing, facing your traumas head on so that you're not thinking the world is against you because you're just carrying your traumas and these emotions or this baggage around and feeling attacked all the time. So then how can we share our voice correctly if we're not facing the trauma and doing the work and, you know, trying to numb ourselves, trying to run away from the problem. Um, and, you know, it's time to, to face those, those healings and those traumas with the healings. And, you know, there's so many different resources, everybody. Um, so many people I can connect you with, Stephanie can connect you with, um, that have different resources of healing and traditional ways and, you know, different indigenous, not just Native American, di different indi indigenous ways of healing. Um, we're all interconnected and we all are brothers and sisters. And it's that, you know, it's, it's time that we take care of each other and put the the race aside put the skin color aside put religion aside because if we keep having these things that divide us then we're not going to ever come back to we're not going to come together in this harmony and in this peace so it takes you know that self-reflection and really caring for each other and your community and those who are that you can help that are around you so I'm going to leave with that. And, you know, I'm just everybody who are in hard times right now. But at the same time, I find beauty in what we're going through. I, I'm finding beauty in the awakening and people, people waking up because I've been wanting to go around and kind of slap people silly and kind of shake them and go, wake up. Come on. Like, don't you see what's happening? Like the prophecies are here. It's not, you know, it's not some fairy tale it's not just some stories in the bible it's not just some hocus pocus it's we're here it, it's time and there's so many of us that receive visions and dreams of what's coming in the future and we're we're at the times and now it's the time to really do that self-reflection the self-healing so that you can rise and so that you can find your voice and you know, help, help save the world and humanity. So thank you again, sister, for being on Oos. It was an honor to have you and your ancestors here because we're going to honor them too. Mm -hmm. um, you know, thank you very much for having me, sister. Thanks for sharing your words too. Mm -hmm. Thank you everyone. And stay tuned for uh, next week. We have some other good interviews coming up. So have a beautiful day, everyone. Peace. Okay.